you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. everyone and welcome to this episode of Queenie Chats with your girl the Queen of NE and today I have a very special guest I'm so excited to welcome him to the show and chat with him today I have none other than the one man militia Mr. Matthew Justice Matthew how are you today Uh, I'm good I'm good Uh, how are you I'm great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, for my <laughs> listeners who uh, listen to me on my other show, DYWTSB, we know Bro Rogan from Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and he asked us to uh, watch and review uh, a show, Heavy Hitters Tournament. Uh, me and Pop did that. And that was my first kind of introduction to you. And, uh, you know, it was really cool for me to to zero in on somebody. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? I've never seen him wrestle before. And it made me want to, like, look you up and find some more matches and kind of see what you're all about. I heard your, you know, theme music. I'm a, I'm a rock girl myself. So I was like, ooh, what's that? I, I'm really interested. And then I watched you wrestle. And, you know, you made a new fan that day. So I started to watch some of your other stuff. And uh, I'm so hella thrilled that you are here talking with me today <laughs> hella that's a new one all right yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's if i were that was uh i wrestled bradley prescott the fourth right I correct shit, i'm pretty sure i beat the shit out of him with a bunch of beer cans right <laughs> yes you did <laughs> yep and a trash oh, can man. it was marvelous a lot, yeah a lot of things i remember that um i believe we almost got kicked out of the arena in jeffersonville for that match actually Poor, yeah. poor Gary, the promoter of PPW, is always dealing with the backlash of, because <laughs> uh, I jumped off the claw machine. I yes, jumped off did. the claw machine and I hit him with a trash can lid. Apparently, apparently you're not allowed to climb on the claw machine. It's a strict no climbing on claw machine uh, rule at PPW. So I broke that rule, which I had no idea it was even a rule in the first place. Like, you know, that's definitely a, a, a interesting match to see. Me for the first time. <laughs> yeah, breaking rules that you didn't know were rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how uh, would you know that though, unless someone specifically told you, like, "Hey, don't climb on the." Yeah, I mean, I just I I'm, guess. Kind of, I'm kind of a maniac. You can't really hold me back. I see something, I'm gonna climb onto it. Most likely, jump off of it, throw somebody off of it. Uh, right. You know, so <laughs> well, for anyone I... who's seen some of my more recent stuff, I think they will understand completely what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. 
I've been watching some of your stuff and I'm like, oh man, he's probably going to, yep, he's going to climb. Okay, great. He's going to mm-hmm. do that. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. Uh, it's engaging though. That's for sure. And one of the reasons I, I really enjoy watching your stuff. So for me, my introduction to you, I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about your story, which is why I invited you on the show just to kind of, you know, get to know you and get to have the listeners get to know you as well. So they can see um, your talent. But for my first real kind of four-way into this, what was it that really captured your attention about pro wrestling as a, as a profession? Like, did it have to do with you being a fan as a child, like so many others, or is it a combination of things? What really led you down this path and say, yeah, you know what, this, this is for me. I think I grew up in the, like most people that are wrestling now or fans now, uh, the bulk of them, we all grew up through the attitude era uh, I mean, obviously when I was little, like every single other person, I was like, Oh, I want to be a wrestler. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I think at one point everybody said that, but I don't think I really wanted to be a wrestler then. I think I just saw it and was like, Oh, I want to do that. Right. But, but once I saw, I got a little older, maybe like beginning of my teenage years and you, I would delve more into ECW uh, well, I was, well, really wasn't a teenager. I was like 11, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think I saw the match that made me go from being like, oh, like a little kid who says he wants to be a pro wrestler to like, no, I actually want to be a pro wrestler was Rob Van Dam and uh, Jerry Lynn from, uh, well, there was two of them in a row. It's like Hardcore Heaven 99 and Living Dangerously 99. Um, and those are the matches that made me go like, okay, like I actually want to do this. Like, this is like sports. It's like being an athlete. And that's like what made me seriously like, you know, go on like the primitive HTML frames, internet and find like the local wrestling promotion in Cleveland. That was called Cleveland all pro wrestling. And I started following that. And then that's what, you know, once it came time to like being old enough to actually go train and be a wrestler, I had already known about, I had already known about Cleveland all pro wrestling and just seeked out the trainer. His name was JT lightning. And then I was like 15 years old and I went to some strange random building in the ghetto of Cleveland. And (laughs) here I am uh, almost 14 years later. Yeah. That's wild. Isn't it? When you think back to when you first started, you were 15, you know, and like in high school and yeah, what was your experience like stepping into that wrestling training? I can imagine in the ghetto of Cleveland, you're going to this random building and you're probably not quite sure what to expect. I would imagine. What was that like for you to to walk through the the intricacies of becoming uh, what you are now? You know, this pr- professional wrestler for 14 years. Yeah, uh, well, keep in mind too. I was like the first time I ever went. I believe I was 15. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a driver's license, so my mom, bless her, bless her heart, she drove me there and sat in the parking lot for like two hours while I had my first tryout for to be a pro wrestler. Wow. Uh, but it was like you know, like this sketchy. Well, I mean, uh, if anyone's ever heard of Turner's Hall, it's like a famed wrestling building in Cleveland. <laughs> but uh, I say that loosely, but you know what I mean. Uh, I do. <laughs> But, it, you know, it's like an abandoned school building, basically. So it's like, you know, not very well up kept. Basically, at the time, it was 2005 or six. It was 2005. The only attendance they had were like bingo and pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine the upkeep of the building. Sure. And uh, I had actually been to, to a show there, too. Like, I'd been to a few of the uh, 
Cleveland all pro wrestling shows. So I was like familiar with it, just not like when it wasn't full blown, like show mode. So like you walk in, all the lights are off. You're like in the dingy school hallway. And then it's like, all right, like I meet these guys, like I'm 15 and these other dudes are probably in their late, you know, twenties, early Mm thirties. There was like, I think like the only two people that are worth mentioning, I don't mean that negatively, just like that people would know it was Ray Rowe and JT were there that like you know he was training with jt at the time which ray rose in uh wwe he's in the well, i don't even know what their name is now the war raiders yes the, the viking at the war the I don't war know. raiders yeah we yeah, don't really their, know what they're called their either. full name i don't know what it is now <laughs> but yeah he he raiders, he was yeah. there he was training with jt at the time he had been wrestling for maybe i don't know a year or so but and yeah, there was a cool. few other guys but all guys who have you know kind of faded off or you know just aren't known but yeah so you can imagine you know like i'm like this little kid and there's like these in my mind there's like giant dudes jt's <laughs> kind of crazy if you've uh, anyone's ever heard the stories he's a wild guy uh so then it's like the the training range like not even in the school gym it's like in the basement like the boiler room it's like the strain you know so it's like oh come on down to the basement and get ready and like i don't have like what you get ready like i was wearing what i was gonna wear in the rain i had some converse all-stars on some basketball shorts and a t-shirt you know like that was it like so um i was pretty intimidating i think that's that's what that's what you asked right like what was right yeah what was your experience it's pretty intimidating i mean it's pretty intimidating obviously but i went i went there's like two training was like two times a week but since i like you said like i didn't have a driver's license my mom was taking me so i mean i i would go like once a week i think she'd take me one day a week sit in the parking lot for like two hours read a magazine and then obviously that got to be like a little bit too much so like i trained for maybe like you know a couple months and then like summer hit like i got out of school so it was like summertime and like my mom wasn't able to like continually take me so i kind of faded out for a while Mm -hmm. and then so i stopped you know so i trained for a couple months and then i came back like the following year i finally got my driver's license so i was like at this time i was like it was the summer between my uh junior and senior year in high school so like i finally got my driver's license so as soon as i got my driver's license i started going back on my own and that's like when i finally fully like finished my training and i trained you know i think i ended up having my first match in september of 2006 so that was like i had just started my senior year in high school like in august of 2006 you know so it's really cool to hear like you know your mom brought you that's so cool and then you got your license and you bring yourself and then your first match and then you're still a senior in high school so I can imagine that you're still doing school and then you're wrestling but how did it become really your career from there uh well I never really wanted to go to college I hated school schools you know everyone has their own opinion on it but I never really was interested in school um you know I just straight by did whatever I had to do um so between besides wrestling, the only other thing I'd really done, I was in it, like I was in a band, you know, I was in a couple of bands in high school. I like music. So like entertainment, obviously, it's like music, wrestling, it's kind of the same. Being a rock star, being a wrestler, the same things. Just I don't even like like half the time I draw more uh, inspiration from like front men of bands than I do wrestlers nowadays anyways. <laughs> you know? That's cool. But no, but no, like uh, I never really I just had it in my mind I was going to be a wrestler. I told myself well, I like Vision Quested it. Like I was going to wrestle for the WWE. Uh, you know, it's that was all there was then, you know, in the, uh, you know, mid to late 2000s. That's what there was. So, I mean, I just told myself I was going to be a wrestler, you know. 
And like I was, I was wrestling in high, in high school. I mean, I missed dances. I missed, you know, like all kinds of stuff to be like all my friends, you know, they partied or did whatever high school kids did on the weekend. I, I was taking bookings, you know, driving to like middle of nowhere, West Virginia or Pennsylvania, wherever it may have been, you know, I I'd always had it in my mind. You know, I went to the gym every day. I took bookings on the weekends and those were the primitive yeah. days, I guess. It was interesting. It was before the internet. It was before social media. It was like, which is really on thought. Like it's not, it's not really thought of now. Like there is guys like me, there's guys that are older than me, which is even more wild. But then like, no one really thinks as they see me, I'm like hitting my stride. Now everyone's fine. Like, you know, I'm most known I've ever been. I believe now mm-hmm. probably at least, you know, independently underground. I mean, you really don't think, I mean, I started wrestling and there was no internet. There was no social media. Like things operate completely differently than they do now. You know what I mean? So it was just, that's what I wanted to do. So. Yeah, you put in the hustle, you put in the work, and one of my favorite phrases is "ask, believe, receive." If that's what you want, then you got to go get it, and you don't make any apologies, and you go and you go straight forward. And I'm gonna believe this is what I'm gonna do, and that's it. And, I, and that's really admirable. You know, not a lot of people, you know, can put forth that kind of dedication to to make that work. And to your point, you know, I, I'm similarly aged to you. I think I'm like a year or so older than you, and we grew up in a time like we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have Twitter. No. Hey, we had dial-up internet, and like we didn't have the things that are at our fingertips now. You know, we can go to our phone, which is how I'm connected with you right now, and yeah. we can do this, which it just wasn't around at this time period. And those who are, you know, your age and a little older, really have that. Kind of, I don't want to say grassroots, but it, it kind of is experience with like, well, I'm going to promote myself, and I have to get out there and do it this way which you know it's a little i wouldn't say it's easier now but it's it's more accessible now and there's more options out there for you to connect with you know, you know a whole bunch of different people different promotions and and wrestle oh, yeah. anywhere you want really mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I think like what social media there was like maybe myspace was at a thing yeah, at the time MySpace. maybe maybe <laughs> facebook maybe facebook was like you had to be in college and legitimately yeah. be in college to have a facebook you know that's right it wasn't like now, like people, you wrestle now and it's like, uh, you have a match and it, I just base matches off of like your social response. Like, you know, you have a good match, you know, cause you come back, your phone's blown up. You have a million notifications, people talking right. about it. People talk about the match like days later, days later, especially if it's on a streaming service, people find out about it. It has like, like it just kind of grows and grows. So like, but it wasn't like that back then. You didn't wrestle and like, that's kind of like. You know, especially now, you get more and more bookings. It's like, how do you judge which bookings to take, which ones not to take? Well, it's like, well, here I always get a, a response on social media, like even if from people that aren't there. Like, there's people that see it at home. Back right. in the day, it was just like you just took your booking. There's like, you know, there's some guy there with a camcorder filming it. But like, they might talk about you on like a local message board, and like you might get some feedback from like a veteran in the locker room. But like, that was it. Like, there was no like. In my mind, there was, like, no scale. It's just, like, I don't know. You just spun the wheels, you know, <laughs> and got the experience under your belt. And then hoping that, like, the right person somehow saw you, which was, right. like, you know, it was very, like, implausible. But it, it's how it worked, I guess, at the time. Definitely yeah. different than it is now. And and speaking mm-hmm. of that, you, you were hoping that the right person saw you. And I, and I know that you had your time with the WWE. But how, how did that experience, you know come to be and what was it like for you now that you can reflect back on that uh now what was that like you're talking about the wwe yeah <laughs> to touch on it uh yeah like uh we were saying we just kind of hoped to get in front of the right eyes and everything 
after a few years of wrestling, they had uh, they would do like random tryouts at OVW, which had formerly been a, the developmental territory of the WWE, and it was in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, Kentucky, however people say. And uh, <clears throat> so they had just opened Florida Championship Wrestling in Florida, so they had closed down Deep South and OVW as their developmental territories, but WWE would still randomly do like a tryout there. And they mm-hmm. would like you'd you'd have to pay, so it was always like a real hot topic, like if it's worth paying for these tryouts or not. But like, so I I was young, I think it was that was probably two thousand nine or or so, two thousand ten maybe. Uh, so I'd been you know wrestling for you know four three four years, and um, I went to a tryout at OVW. John Laronitis, Johnny Ace was the guy who was like scout and talent for WWE at the time. Um, he you know he was the talent relations guy. And, um, so I went to a tryout at OVW and, you know, I, you know, I was on, I, but it was a good experience. Definitely worth the money. Got a lot of pointers, a lot of, you know, just not just like directly, but just from watching and, and seeing how it went. Sure. Uh, and then that was in like, that was, so it was February, 2010. And this was like how primitive it is compared to now. Now they like the WWE performance center just has a website. You, anybody, you don't even gotta be a wrestler. Like you could just fill out a profile. You could be an Instagram model, fill out a profile. And they'll see wow. your photos and they'll like you and then they'll be like, oh, they'll, you'll just get an email and be like, oh, you want to come to a WWE tryout at the Performance Center? And this is like, you know, this is something that guys that have been wrestling forever have been like dreaming of doing. And like, sure. I'd just be an Instagram model and just look to you and have a good body and, you know, or whatever it may be, just some interesting fact about me. And they'll just call you down and you'll get to go to the Performance Center to have a tryout. And it's true, sure. you know, I mean, but hey, whatever. Uh so back then it was like, so you go to this tryout and like, this is, that was all via the internet that you just upload your stuff right now. So back in 2010 or whatever, they would literally, like, they had paper cards and they'd fill out your info like wow. by hand. And then John Laronitis would take the binder with him and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to fax this stuff to the, like to the office in Stanford, Connecticut. So they have all of the info and all so, like, you know, then you could be considered for, like, if they were going to sign you or if they want to bring you in as an extra, if they're going to be in your area and, like, want sure. to, you know, bring you to TV. So, like, and that's just crazy to think that like they were just taking binders full of information with, like, photos and then, like, handwritten information and, like, faxing it <laughs> to the office. And now you can just go on your own computer and apply yourself to get a tryout. You know, it's just that's, right. like, how far ahead it is. But, uh, but no, so I, I did that. It was cool. And then later that, that year, they ended up having another one. So I went back. And then, like, obviously, it's like any other thing. It's like a big game. It's time to play the game, you know. Like, John Laronitis sure. remembered me. I got to um, go to – you know, I got a lot of extra games out of that, too. Like, that whole year, 2010, I think it was actually like nine or ten times. I think the first time I ever went to WWE, I was, it was like May 10th, 2010. It was at Raw at the – Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, and I wrestled Alberto Del Rio in a dark match. So, like, at the time, he was, like, just debuting. He was still, like, Dos Terras Jr., his his right. character from Mexico or whatever. And he's, he had just taken off his mask, and he was just about to debut. Like, a couple weeks later, he debuted on TV as Dos Terras, or as uh, Alberto Del Rio. So that was cool. But, like, so all through that, I did a bunch of extra things. I was on TV a few times. I wrestled on superstars. I had uh, just a bunch of, like, as you would call, like, being a jobber. 
I was just mm-hmm. a jobber a bunch of times. On uh, I was like I said, that was a dark match at Raw. I wrestled on Superstars. I wrestled on SmackDown once. Uh, mm-hmm. But so I went back to another tryout. John Laronitis was happy to see me. I got more extra work. That was at the end of 2010, like December. Um, then they started doing these tryouts at FCW in Florida because that was their new developmental territory, and you could actually pay to go to a tryout at the actual training center, which was pretty cool. Right. And I, I did one of those in the summer of 2000. 10 in between the two OVW tryouts and not same thing. It was kind of like, ah, middle of the pack. I did all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they had another one in March of 2011. And I was like, at that time, you know, you're young, you don't really know how to like, that was when the f- business was really starting to change from like the old, old school. So all the guys that were guiding me were kind of out. Their mindsets were a little bit outdated. So I really, you don't really have anyone to like go to or to like bounce your, your frustrations off of. And I was like kind of upset. And I told myself I was never going to try to go to the WWE again. Like I was spending all this money, like all this money on these tryouts. And like, you know, I was learning and stuff, but I wasn't really getting anything out of it. I'm like, well, you know, I'm just, I need to focus on other things. There's plenty of other avenues in wrestling to be, maybe not, maybe not at that time to be successful like there is now, but there's still other avenues. But just randomly, I happened to get booked as an extra, like, right before the tryout. And then I was like, well, I can't not go to the tryout now, because if, if I'm if i an extra and they see me at TV, and then, like, three days later, I'm at this tryout, like, it'll be perfect. So I spent, like, I literally spent, like, all the money I had, because those tryouts cost a $1,000, the ones at FCW. Oh, my so, God. Like, like this, and, like, you know, then you have to fly yourself to Florida, too. Like, at the time, these were, like, all paid, you know, so, like a flight i think at the time the cheapest flight was like you know two three hundred bucks sure and so it was like i think i might have if if like say the trial was a thousand dollars the flight was three hundred dollars like so that means i i think i had like a total of like one thousand three hundred seventeen dollars in my bank account which is pretty oh. impressive actually i think yeah. about it but like so I, I, I literally went to Florida with like seventeen dollars in my in my bank account like to do this trial luckily i had a friend who lived in florida and i would sleep on his floor like whenever I do these tryouts. So that was cool. But like, no, I went to this tryout and I like, I'd already been to one. I'd already been to the two other ones at OVW. And I just like, uh, I don't want to like, I killed it not to like, that sounds like real cliche, but for, for better or worse, you know, I just like killed it. I mean, I like was, you know, I did well. And, um, they had kind of like insinuated to me that like I did pretty well there. And I could tell from my previous experiences, like, where I would see from afar the people that they were like catering to and the people that they were like, you know, uh, most interested in. And I could tell that like, that was me this time. I just didn't want to believe it. Cause I don't, you know, I'm like, uh, nah, I'm just too confident right now. But then right. like, I was lit- like, literally it was just like, so that was it. Trial ended. I'm like, damn, like I did really well. And I still didn't get signed. Like it still nothing happened. So I went home and I just remember being all like sad and like not bitter, but like just kind of like sad. It's like, well, what the hell, what the hell do I do now? Like, right. Uh, like, and it was literally like, so I got home from like the trial on like say a Monday, like that Friday, I was like on my way to a booking, just driving along, like me and a couple of guys in a car. We were somewhere in West Virginia. I'll never forget. It was like Friday at like five 30 in the afternoon, like some random, you know, fucking unknown private number calls me and it was the WWE and they're like, Oh, like you did great at the trial. Like we want to sign you to a developmental contract. Like, Jeez. so that, that was pretty wild. It was like very, like the most roller coaster of emotions you could ever go on. Like that, that was it. Cause it's just like right. the whole, 
whole time, you know, and this is like they said, I've been visiting Quest in this since like 2007, basically. Like once they uh, opened FCW, I'd be like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go wrestle for the WWE and Vision wow. Quest living in Tampa, Florida and everything else, you know. And then here I am years later, it's 2011. And finally, I'm like getting offered the chance to do it. It was pretty wild. I can imagine that would be wild, especially yeah. after all the work you put in and what you were, you know, I'm assuming what your goals were, right? And you, and you said you vision quested it and this is what you were going to yeah. do. And there it is, right? Uh, what a yeah. cool experience for you and a phone call that probably just rocked you a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was like, luckily, I wasn't driving. Luckily, somebody else was driving. So, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, because I would have, I, I don't know if I've been able to contain myself. But, uh, sure. no, that was cool. That, that was the uh, happy part of it of that story because after right. that i mean once i went to fcw i mean i don't want to i don't know not to sound i mean it's been so long so I've, I've had plenty of time to to process it all but just in the in the moment i was when i got signed i was 22 i think i signed my contract like three days after i had turned 23 that i actually signed the physical contract like so i was young i never lived away from my my parents house you know i never moved from home i never lived on my own sure. So, like, I, not only did I get signed, I mean, I moved away. I moved, you know, a thousand or so, however far away Florida is from Ohio, a thousand miles. <laughs> <far>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so, like, I, I didn't just move, you know, most people, they go to college, you know, they go to local college or something. They live in a dorm. Their parents come visit them every weekend. Like, no, I just, I moved to Florida, like, on my own, packed up my Kia and, like, drove it down, whatever fit, like, to Tampa, Florida. And, like, wow. didn't see my parents for a year. Didn't see anybody for a year. So that was like not only just and wrestling becoming a job, like, you know, an everyday thing, the highest level it could get. I also was just learning to like live on my own and like, you know, be away from my family and my friends and not that, you know, like, like when you're a mid, like in your twenties, like you really care about your family, but you know what I mean? Like, I do it's know just you your, yeah, your entire comfort zone yeah. that you've grown up, right. uh, that you've grown up in. So it was a big, it was a big thing, you know, and then just like you said, it's the highest level of competition in wrestling. I mean, training, I mean, the guys I was training with are all the guys who are on top in WWE now. They're all superstars. So, I mean, it's just like, that was the level it was at. It's just, you know, I was young. I didn't know how to handle it. Uh, There was a lot of things that I, just Mm -hmm. a lot of things I wasn't ready to experience really, I guess, Uh, you know, like I, I put all my efforts into getting there, but maybe there were some other things along the way I should have been more focused on enjoying or experiencing before I forced myself to get there so fast, you know? Sure. Sure. It's like now, you know, now it's all things I'd be ready to handle, but then just being young, you know, just finding your place in the world in general, not just in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was there for almost a year in 2011 and then I ended up quitting. Uh, that's the one thing I don't think a lot of people know nowadays because it's been so long. Uh, sure. But but as my name's getting back out there, as I'm kind of making a little name for myself on the indies, um, in the underground, just like to say, people just hear like, oh, yeah, he was in WWE once, but no one really knows what happened. I mean, I just really hated it, to be honest. I hated it. Like, for the last couple of months I was there, I, like, hated it. And I was not happy. And then one day I finally just didn't, I didn't show up, which sounds terrible. You know, it's like, I just, right. it was like TV taping day. And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I hate my life. I'm miserable. Like, this isn't fun. Like. I mean, I liked wrestling for what I liked it for, you know, certain things. And it was not what it what I wanted it to be when I was there. And so I just didn't go. To, I didn't go one day. You know, that was it. No turning back. I called, uh, called the office, left a voicemail. 
and I watched the movie Armageddon. Like I was in the middle of watching Armageddon. Actually, I'll never forget. I love that movie. I was just like, ah, I don't want to fucking go. Like I just want to sit here and watch this movie. Like you know, like mm-hmm. that's how not fun it was for me at the time. Which just sounds implausible. Like it sounds crazy. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that roll their eyes just off at that. Like oh, he was in WWE. Like he hated it. But I mean, now it's funny because now it's like the cool thing to do. Everyone hates WWE. <laughs> the fan, the fans, the wrestlers, the journalists, sure. everybody. Like they just it's the you know like oh how many guys have quit. Or ask sure. for a release, or you know, now mm-hmm. it's like it's not like I came back to any fanfare on the indies, or like got booked by every known promotion there is because I quit developmental. Like now, guys will be in in NXT or at the performance center, and they'll hate their life, and they you know they ask for their release, and they come back, and they're you know getting booked by every company in the world. They're you know sure. people want to like praise them like they're some martyr. I mean, I not to say, but I mean, I did that before it was even a thing, you know. Really, what like there was, and there's other there, and I wasn't the only one. There was other guys too, you know, mm-hmm. that did the same thing. Rampage Brown, he's a big name in in England, and he he quit before I did. He just went home, went home to England, well, you, you know. know like, I think it has a lot to, and it speaks a lot to, you know, there's a time and a place for a lot of things. And and if you're not feeling something personally, you know, it takes no. a lot of guts to do that, to be like, yeah. you know what, man, like, this is not for me, I'm not feeling this, I, you know, this is not my path right now, and that's really like it feels weird to say but that's like totally cool you know it's oh yeah i mean it's, it's not for you it's not for you you know and that's really admirable that you were like nah this yeah. like i just i'm not feeling it yeah i mean i could have stuck sucked it up and just you know ate sure. the shit i could have ate the shit basically that's what i always say i could have sucked it. i, I could have sucked it up and ate the shit and yeah i probably would have made a bunch of money and uh you know for however long i mean grant i could have got released a month later I could have got released eight, eight years later. You, I mean, I could still be there. You know, I could still be uh, toiling, you know, spinning my wheels. I could be the main event of WrestleMania or I could be some guy who j- is getting paid but sitting at home. You know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. You never know. But, yeah, I could have done that. But, uh, I mean, it's not what I wanted. It definitely wasn't who I am as a person. Uh, sure. There's a, there's a lot of uh, things I've done in between that time that I would not have been able to do if I was in the WWE and I'm not talking about wrestling things. I'm just talking about personal life things. Like I think that sometimes like I'll be at like a really good concert on like a Tuesday night and I'll be like, damn, if I was in WWE right now, I'd be, a, I'd have to be a SmackDown probably, or, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to do, or like just different life experiences, but you know, not a vacation, but just traveling or seeing the world, which uh, granted you would do with the WWE, but I'm talking like, you know, like, driving a jeep through the desert like i wouldn't be able <laughs> right. to do that like i'd be wrestling at an arena in the city and then driving to another arena in another city right but well, it's, it's totally just a change for your life you know when you do yeah. that schedule yeah Mm-hmm. so i mean it's just one of those things and it's not like that was the end it's not like a lot of guys they quit you know and they're just done wrestling like i never intended to quit wrestling i mean i went back in the you know i had to wait till my uh non-compete clause was up but i mean the the minute it was up i was at an indie show and like like you said not sound like there was any big fanfare to it it's just i went back and i did it and not, that was in 2011 so i mean it's 2019 that was eight years ago so it's almost Why? nine years now you know so i mean and it's not like you know i just kept going as a grinder you know yeah. that's what i didn't never cared about sports entertainment when i was a little kid i don't even know if sports entertainment was a word you know, it was pro wrestling, so. Right, and look what you've done, you know, in, in those eight years. You've had so many different promotions that you've worked with and, you know, stuff oh, yeah. that 
I'm now getting to see too as like a new fan, right? And so many other people who are making, as you're saying, you're making a name for yourself and, and a little bit again, and people are figuring out who you are and wanting to get to know like more of your story, oh, yeah. what's going on with you and like, where are you wrestling at, you know? And I saw a couple of your matches with like Blackcraft and AIW and for you wrestling at all these different indie promotions, I'm sure, you know, you have so many different experiences to, to share, but is there one promotion that you're like, yeah, like I feel really at home here. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think every promotion has their own little creature comforts, but obviously AIW is home for me. It's, you know, it's in Cleveland. It's, or e- even if the show's not in Cleveland, it's, you know, somewhere in the area. Um, mm-hmm. After I wrestled for Cleveland All Pro Wrestling, that's the company I made my debut for. The the first company that I really got like a big booking from after that was AIW in 2007. Um, so I mean I've they've spanned my career, you know. Even though there was a period where I was kind of like on the blacklist with them, but still the first three years of my career I wrestled there, and then the last you know three years of my career I've been wrestling with them every show basically so they've kind of bookended my my career in wrestling and uh, it's you know it's like they're kind of have the same path as me that you know they start out as just some random local promotion i'm just some random local wrestler and now they're like legitimately one of the best wrestling promotions going you know in the on, on the yeah. independence today they're one of those names that you just hear everyone knows there's plenty of guys that have come through that are now big name stars uh mm-hmm. it's just you know it's just their resume speaks for itself so, I mean, I think that's for me. And honestly, because, you know, obviously, like, I've been wrestling for GCW lately. I've wrestled, I just wrestled for Beyond last weekend. I've wrestled for all, you know, basically the who's who of, of indie companies going sure. today. And honestly, I mean, those are, those places are all awesome. Don't, like, they, those feel just as cool as AIW. It's just that it, with without coming back to AIW in 2017, I wouldn't be where I am today getting the opportunity to wrestle at all these other places. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I definitely understand that. So for you, as you've been wrestling over 14 years, it's a long career. And is there one particular match that you're like, yeah, that was my shit. I rocked that. (laughs) Like that was the one where you feel like the most, I don't want to say good about, but like you're proud of that one in particular. It's hard. It's, you know, it's funny because, um, recently uh someone's approached me about doing a like a best of the indies about me and mm-hmm. i've been i've been having to think of like my matches and obviously it's easy to remember the recent short-term memory the right. matches i've had the last few years the ones that stand out but then to go back to like those deep those deep years it's like it's hard to remember the matches <laughs> that are and that's sure. not like a, it's just you know time that's a lot a lot of matches a lot of time you know yeah, you have a lot but, under uh, your belt, <laughs> pun intended. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, a lot of recent matches, uh, my two that I probably am most proud of. I mean, I'm proud of all my matches in oh, some course, way, yeah. you know, roundabout way, especially as I'm debuting for new companies or new to a new company and I'm having these matches that are getting the reactions that they are. But two that uh, last year, 2018, I wrestled Nick Gage on my birthday at AIW, so that mm-hmm. one was special to me because a, I was cool to wrestle such a high-profile match at a, such a high-profile show on my birthday. Um, yeah, wow. 
and I've Nick Gage is the guy that I always wanted to wrestle up to that point, and then for it to happen, and then for the match to be as great as it was. Like personally, it's like the, it's I always say I wrestle, I wrestle for myself. Like no offense to the fans, like mm-hmm. I wrestle like what young ten year old Matt would want to see. You know what I mean? So that's a match that if 10 year old Matt watched bad, he'd be pretty hyped up about, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know so that, so yeah. that one, that was from gauntlet for the gold, March 23rd, 2018 AIW. So if anyone wants to seek that out on smart mark video, um, and then I had a match at January of this year at a place called unsanctioned pro in Columbus, Ohio versus Mance Warner. And that was another one, you know, Mance is the guy who's awesome always wanted to work him one-on-one and uh we we had a a classic i would say you know mm-hmm. so an- another one that if 10 year old matt would see he would be very excited about so those are two of my most recent memorable ones uh also i guess i need to say this too um i'm sure everyone at this point has seen even if they're not aware that it's me the clip of me dvding josh bishop off the balcony <laughs> yes so so if for anyone who wasn't aware that is me i'm the guy give, giving the dvd um that match too is also pretty special with me as well um obviously well for multiple reasons because a we are crazy and we didn't die um, yes uh, like any it's weird to think like that's like as close to you know going viral as you can get which is pretty cool to be a part of something like that um sure. but also too i'm glad that the match itself is actually a really really good match and it really turned out how it it's not just um, an okay match with a crazy spot it's like a really good match that just has an unnecessarily crazy spot in it that that everything worked out to the way it was supposed to, but just the backstory of the match, like uh, there's a lot more that goes into it for me that makes it special. I guess like we had had a really bad, well, I'm sure in, in anybody else's mind, the match is okay. But in me and Josh's mind, or at least in my mind, we had a match previous to that a month before and it was terrible. Like I felt like I didn't have it anymore. I'm like, ah, this is it. Like if I can't, when we were, you know, come time for that match. It was like, if basically I said, like, if I can't have a good match tonight, like this is it, I'm done. Like I'm quitting. (laughs) And like, however, you know, however much truth would have been behind that, who would have known, but still, and I think Josh felt the same, not he's young, but still, I think he wanted to, you know, prove that we were better than we felt after our last match we had had together. And I think that's part of what maybe drove us to be crazy enough to want to throw each other off the balcony like that. But then just the fact, like, I remember halfway through the match, like, whispering, I guess I shouldn't really be saying this, but everyone knows wrestling's wrestling. But I think halfway through the match, I remember, like, whispering in his ear, like, oh, we got him. Like, we, this is good, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. um, that one means a lot to me, too, obviously. Just because, I mean, in all these opportunities I'm getting, it's, it's like that one spot, you know, that one clip of me going off the balcony just justified the other 13 years that came before it, you know, not that I didn't get my respects where they were due, but now just across the board in general, it seems like people have just like, I don't know, accepted me. So it's pretty, pretty wild, honestly. It's gotta be, I I can imagine that it would be. Um, But now that you, you know, you have these years under your belt now and, you know, 
what's what are your goals now? What are, what are you going to vision board now? Where is Matthew Justice in in two years or in five? Oof. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird one because wrestling definitely has changed. You know. Sure. Um. I did have a WWE. I did have a WWE tryout uh, a few years ago, in the, at the end of 2017, which that was pretty cool. You know, after quitting and everything, for them to come seek me out to mm. have a tryout. You know, so that was kind of cool. It was like kind of closed the door on that, just to know that like it wasn't a what if. That was pretty cool to be able to draw their that attention cool. again years later. Um, but honestly, I mean, obviously, I think anybody should want to go to the WWE just for the money and the like. The obviously, if you want to be known as a rest, uh, as an entertainer, that's the spot. That's where your name's going to be most valid, like validated. Mm-hmm. But uh, but other than that, like, I mean, I just I'm just really not into WWE's product. I mean, and that might be sure. like a sen- sentiment, you know, f- across the board now. But still, I mean, it, it, there's still some enjoyable stuff. There's still some cool moments and opportunities yep, yep. in that. But I just, it's just not for me. It's not, I didn't become a wrestler to, because I want to be like, you know, uh, in a 12 minute talking segment on Monday Night Raw. Like I became right. a wrestler because I watched RVD and Jerry Lynn do, you know, great athletic things. And, with a like a vibe of a little bit of hardcore and uh, you know a little bit not nothing crazy but just you know and that's like what i i I think i feel like right now i'm just currently like what i've been doing is like the most it's like legitimately the most it's closest to what i've ever wanted to do in wrestling is now And, and it's like i can't be in ecw obviously i can't I can be in any, and I can be in the companies that have an ECW vibe, though. And I think I have the ECW vibe, and I'm. It's not just me like playing ECW. It's me just. This is what I, the environment I came up in, like mm-hmm. what I, you know, as a child. And I'm. I think this is like what. So whatever I'm doing right now is what I'm saying is what I want to be doing in two years and five years. You know, I want to keep doing it, and whether that would translate into some contract somewhere i mean no one's ever gonna let me get hit in the head with a chair on tv so i don't want to <laughs> be on tv then i guess you know what i'm saying i do even even, even the other day cody roach just took that chair shot from sean spears at aew on their last pay-per-view or whatever it yes, was and yes, and, to- and tony khan said they'll never have hardcore on tv so like well i don't think i want to go to aew you know not that i ever right. wanted to in the first place like right, right yeah right. D- yeah of course like give me money for what i love doing but it's also like i did quit the wwe for a reason like the money was great but it's not all about money in life i've always said i'm a soul surfer you know i i want to have my hand on the on the waters of life so um i want to I don't think wrestling's not fun for me when I'm under those constraints of like, you know, a billion dollar company or like we're on TV, so we can't do this, which is all, it's all bullshit. Anyways, there's TV right. shows that li- that literally show like rape and murder and like, like, you know, Game of Thrones, like to be on TV and people, it's like, a, but it, it can do, but oh, we can't have hardcore t- on TNT. Like, are you kidding me? Like, have you ever watched like a show on TNT? Like they got Animal Kingdom, all these other shows that have violence yep. in them. So I don't understand where wrestling, like, and all those shows have advertisers. All those shows make money somehow. So I don't really understand where these wrestling minds come in. But, hey, who am I? Obviously, I don't have a lot of money. So, you know. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know where, really, where it's going to go, you know. So 
but I'm happy. But yeah, I'm 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 happy where I am now. I think you know, like I've I've never wanted like the music. I always compare wrestling and music. It's like the bands I listen to aren't on major labels. They're not signed to you know some huge record deal. They're just grinding it out in the underground, playing small right. clubs. And, you know, they're, they ride their own wave, you know, they have their own hits within the, you know, whatever niche music they play and they may, you know, break through a little bit to the mainstream here or there, or maybe open for a bigger band that, you know, but they, they've been doing it for 30 years and that's what they do. They're respected. They have a cult following. And I mean, that's what I would like to do. You know, I don't want to sell, I'm not trying to sell out, you know, I'm not trying to, right. you know, I'm not trying to go sign with the WWE and get some new fake name and go be an NHT and, you know, do chair shots to the back once every three months. And, you know, part of some angle, like however cool, like my paycheck will only be like 20 times as much, you know, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't sound cool to me. Like, uh, but I'll gladly go jump off a balcony in a 300 person club in Philadelphia or, you know, LA or anywhere, you know, anywhere in between. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's just, that's how, you. You know. it's you yeah, it is. yourself. And oh. that's kind of the things I've been noticing as I've been watching your matches. And now of course, talking to you, uh, one-on-one, I get that real sense from you. You're just, that this is who you are. And, uh, you yeah. know, I think that's, yeah, really- I mean, I've been wrestling for a long time. I mean, I've been alive for longer, obviously. So, I mean, <laughs> this is, I'm not changing. You know, I'm not some young, impressionable, you know, 20 year old wrestler that's going to mold themselves to be successful. I mean, this is just who I am. Like, I'm not changing myself to, you know, go be in Ring of Honor or like to, you know, right. to go be, like, I'm not, I don't care if Cody Rhodes and the Unbutch think I'm the coolest guy in the world and want to sign me to AEW. Like, I just, it's going to be because of me. You know what I mean? So, if someone right. needs, someone needs a maniac enough. A guy who's always going to call it how it is and say it how he sees it, then that's me. But if not, I'm happy. I'm not sad. You know, I'm happy doing it. I quit the WWE before anybody else quit the WWE. Like, I'm pretty sure I'll be all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You so, proved you could be all right. And that, that's yeah. like the a cool testament to your story and and that, you know, hey, I did this. It was cool, but not for me. And I still yeah. make my career doing what I want to do on my terms. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you said something a little earlier that really resonates with me that, you know, you do it for yourself. And I think that's so very important. I feel like a lot of people, not just in wrestling, but in life, entrap themselves in, in jobs or situations where they feel like they got to do it for X, Y, Z reason. And they are not they're not being authentic to like th- that's no. not what they want. Right. And that's really admirable. And I respect you a lot uh, for for saying that and doing that, living that really. You know, you live your motto, so to speak. (laughs) No, absolutely. Man, it has been my absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Uh, I really, truly thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your life uh, and your story with me on Queen's Court for this little chat. Um, If you would be so kind, would you please tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you and and what's up next for Matthew Justice? All right. Well, my social media handles are all the same. It's uh, at thrash justice which is t-h-r-a-s-h-j-u-s-t-i-c-e 
that's on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my two main uh, social media platforms that I uh, use for wrestling. I do have a Facebook, and if you're creepy enough to find my real Facebook, uh, I might add you. I might not, but you know, I prefer that you just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> you know, and uh, I will be in many of towns. Uh, you know, a lot of new companies that I'm debuting for. A lot of companies I'm returning to. So, like I said, just stay tuned to you know Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two I mainly promote my wrestling on. So, awesome. Well, I know my listeners will definitely check your uh, wrestling out and check out your socials. Of course, I will link it so they can find you easy. And uh, again, I really appreciate your time. Oh, I guess I should say too. I do have a pro wrestling T-shirt store now as well. Ooh. So you can search uh, Matthew Justice on ProWrestlingTees.com after you discover me and realize, wow, this guy's crazy. Maybe I should buy a shirt to support him. <laughs> Chasey breaks his back. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> well, we won't put that out in the universe. <laughs> but uh, yes, nah, it's all right. Definitely will. Right. Uh, definitely will get them to buy your T-shirt and support you. So absolutely, we'll link that too. <laughs> Thank you. As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery! Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.